0: Welcome to the Synapse Nips podcast, where we explore the power of health and healing. On this podcast, we will be talking with health experts, professionals, and leaders about hot topics in the world of health. Whether it's tools to help you flourish, successful stories to inspire, or tips to optimize your health, Synapse Nips is here to help you take the first steps towards living your best life.
1: New Year, and Merry Christmas! <laughs> yeah. I'm not starting. With that. <laughs> Delete. <laughs>
2: well, Happy New Year! Welcome to Synapse Snips. Uh, this is uh, our f- going to be our first podcast around the New Year, so uh, welcome.
1: Happy New Year, everybody!
2: Yes. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit uh, today about how to enter the the new year uh, in the best way possible. And whether you do New Year's resolutions or not, it's just a really good time to to pay attention to your health. There's never been a better time uh, this year when it comes to just getting into better shape and into better health. And we're going to talk about it with the filter of the current world events as well, as far as COVID, vaccinations and all the other infections that are floating around out there right now that uh, we are seeing so let's just start the process here with um, just uh, how to enter into the season uh, as healthy as possible uh, to keep people out of the hospital to keep them upright and uh, and functioning as, as best as possible And just uh, to give you, we want to give you a little clues as to the different things that can uh, be working better in the body, what to look for if you've had COVID or if you've had the vaccine, things that are early signs that your immune system is not quite doing what it's supposed to be doing or might need some support and some help. So Mm -hmm. let's start there. Uh, Dr. Josh, uh, is there anything in particular that you have seen with, uh, and we've talked about this in the past a little bit, but just with COVID or with the vaccines themselves, as far as uh, um, injuries that are just subtle, mild things that can impact our ability to be healthy or fight infection moving forward. Yeah. Before Before I answer that, um, I've had
1: a lot of people recently coming in to see me from a proactive perspective. Um, and I think that's, that's good. If you haven't considered that, consider that because we go through and we do lab testing and we do assessments on a lot of the things we're going to talk about because your body's ability to fight an infection is equal to, you know, the strength of all of the parts of your, of your body, whether it's hormones, digestion, stress response, other things in the immune system. And so we often find, right, different things on lab work, for instance, that a patient, you know, they, they don't know that they've got anemia or low iron or they got an issue with B vitamins or their thyroid isn't optimal or it looks like they already have an infection. Those things can go unnoticed, but if you have those things already established, you're, you're kind of uh, behind the eight ball a little bit <laughs> going into some any sort of infection.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The, the labs give you, just general labs give you a good idea. Um, the anemia, for example, you, your body needs oxygen to survive and to thrive. Your immune c- cells need oxygen for energy. They also need proper blood sugar management for energy. And so the two biggest things are generally oxygen and blood sugar. But even something as simple as uh, uh, we find a lot of hypochloridia, which is low stomach acid, when you have low stomach acid that turns into a chronic thing, that can create an environment of high body acid. And uh, there's a whole other mechanism there. We've spoken about that in our GI podcast uh, a, way, a ways back. But when your body is acidic or inflamed, your immune system is just not working as efficiently. It's, it's kind of like having 100 factory workers and you get them, they're dehydrated or you give them alcohol, they're not as efficient. And in an acidic or inflamed environment, our immune system is just more sluggish. And so just by decreasing the inflammation and by balancing the body's pH, which stomach acid regulation um, gives us good indications. And we see, see markers on labs like total protein and albumin and, mm-hmm. and globulins. They give us an idea of what your stomach acid is doing. And so that can be really, really helpful. Yeah, and that directly impacts immune function. Yeah. One of the main proteins that we look at globulins,
1: there's a lot of different types of globulins, but immunoglobulins yeah. are part of that. Those are antibodies, and your immune system requires protein to make antibodies and do its job. And so if you're not digesting and absorbing or even eating enough protein, because a lot of people don't eat enough protein yeah. even, that can have immune consequences. So back to your original question. Um, I When I talk to my patients about generally things to look for post covid post vaccine i boil it down to a couple of categories in some situations you can have it looks like you can have some viral persistence of covid where the virus itself isn't fully taken care of throughout the body that's an immune issue and there's a lot that could go into that the second one is the inflammatory effects of either the vaccine or the infection of covid having a variety of problems or the third thing is the increase in other infections, opportunistic infections, other viruses, other things that were already present becoming more active because of either COVID's effect on the immune system or on uh, the vaccine's effect on the immune system? Yeah. So, and, and looking for clues, I just had a conversation with somebody yesterday about this where I went through, I've got I've got a list of, of sy- symptoms that are known to be post-COVID symptoms in different body areas, and we went through, and she was surprised when I asked these questions about, about gut health, about anxiety, about sleep, about energy, brain fog, about muscle cramping, leg issues. Their, their list is quite large. That's just a sampling yeah. of how many things all of a sudden she said, oh, yeah, I guess I have had that since I had COVID. Yeah. And it's easy to ignore those things, but... When we have people coming in after they've had either the vaccine or COVID, we ask those questions to look for red flags and say, hey, we need to then investigate what of those what of those other issues are
2: really causing your symptoms. Yeah, one of the weird symptoms that many people had very early on that we're still seeing is tight calf muscles. And we we have uh, a group of patients here that are dancers, some of them professional dancers, and they were complaining about um, their calf tension post, uh, post COVID and post, uh, um, vaccine. And so that has been something that we investigate and look at right away. And there's a lot of other things that can cause calf tension, but, uh, to specifically notice that, uh, scenario has been pretty, uh, that's been one of the markers we've seen too, that kind of just flies under the radar for a lot of, a lot of people.
1: Yeah. I, I see leg pain in yeah. general. Uh, I've had a lot of people go in to get checked for leg blood clots because of the pain and because of the concern. Typically we don't see that, although that is a possibility that we have seen as well. Usually it's more of a muscle reaction where there's muscle tension because of the inflammation.
2: Yep, absolutely. So with the, with the other co-infection part of this, uh, uh, I want to share this analogy because this is what I've seen in the past with other viruses like, um, um, Epstein-Barr virus, or even chickenpox uh, manifesting again, we usually see something stress-related that uh, induces these viruses that are kind of dormant to become active again or reactivate. So I want to paint the picture here. This is as simple as you can make it. So this is an oversimplification of the immune system process as it regulates viral uh, scenarios, but it, it still works. So think of a virus like an inmate in a prison, but the jail cell is open. And as long as there are prison guards going back and forth, then that virus stays in that prison cell. Now, the prison guard is your immune system. The immune system's job is twofold. It does two things basically in the body. It fights infection and it puts out fires or manages fires, inflammation. So if there are... An abundance of inmates or infections, not to, to uh, um, be harsh on inmates, but <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I don't want to call them yeah. infections, but you know what I mean with the mm-hmm. analogy part of it. Yeah. So if you have more inmates in another part of the uh, uh, jail that are kind of rearing their ugly head and uh, doing having an uprising, then the guards are going to go over there. And so all of a sudden, you have greater opportunity for these viruses to come out of their jail cells and do what they do. So with chickenpox, you're going to see a a breakout and some of the pain. And uh, other viruses like like Epstein-Barr virus will do the same thing uh, as well. And you get the fatigue part of it with that uh, consequence. The other side of it is if there's a fire in the jail... The guards are going to go because they're the ones that also have to put out the fire within the jail. So inflammation will cause your immune system to be busy or distracted. So then these other viruses will rear their other ugly head. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing with COVID and with the vaccines and what was hypothesized um, early on was that we had to be careful not to create uh, an environment for uh, other infections, uh, even mutations with with COVID or the flu or, or anything like that, but even even that being said, most of us have been exposed to Epstein-Barr virus. Most of us mm-hmm. have it. We actually eighty uh, percent, I think, or more. Yeah, eighty mm-hmm. percent or more. So eight percent of the of the people, if they are too inflamed or they're fighting off these other infections, you're going to get fatigue from reactivated Epstein-Barr virus. Mm-hmm. So we have to pay attention to those scenarios, plus all the other viruses we've been exposed to in our life uh, or just are a part of us. So the best thing you can do is improve your strength and numbers of prison guards. What that means is improve your immune system response. That's what we have to focus on. So that's why in New Year's, and if the New Year's revolution, revolution,
0: (laughs) we're in a New Year's revolution. Well, we
2: might be at that too. So New Year's resolution and revolution, We want our revolution is going to be, be around just boosting your immune system response to handle our current world. Now, it just requires more attention, more focus. So we'll talk a little bit about the things that can help your immune system be as healthy as possible with the state that we're in right now. So what do you do to help your immune system? So the number one thing I do to help my immune system is sleep. (laughs) Sleep is the number one thing you can do to help your immune system, I think. So a good, deep sleep. Now here's, we've spoken about this a lot in the past, but so many people have sleep disorders that they do not recognize them. So you should, when you sleep, wake up feeling rested. If you don't, It's not enough sleep or not enough quality of good sleep. You should also remember your dreams. If you don't remember your dreams, then that's a potential sign that you're not getting into a a deeper stage of sleep. And then you shouldn't need naps during the day unless you're sleep deprived or other things are going on. But you shouldn't need the naps. And here's a strange one. People with chronic sleep issues will actually gain fat around their kneecaps, around their knees. And so, yeah, right now everyone You're at the right table is feeling their ease. <laughs> and so, uh, we, we store fat in different areas of the body depending on what hormones are not working. And that's a whole other podcast. But the uh, interesting thing is sleep um, deprivation can be very mild. And so, we like to use different things here. Uh, we use the Aura Ring, we use uh, WatchPad. Sleep assessments, at-home sleep assessments, and we focus on It's one of the main things to focus on. So for me, that's first and foremost, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, and this is the thing I have struggled with with uh, my people um, getting COVID. There's been a lot of fear around COVID. And to be quite frank, uh, a lot of our treatment is to help people calm down, not be stressed or anxious because that weakens their immune system response. It weakens their ability to, to get to sleep. And so I'll work a lot on um, the anxiety part of it. But I have to get people up and moving. Part of your immune system is the lymph system. And I've seen a lot of lymphatic congestion with uh, with the uh, infections, COVID, with the vaccination injuries. Um, we've seen a lot of lymphatic issues. So movement and exercise is a, yeah. is a big part of it. You've got to keep your... Your your body moving, and with COVID to prevent the the pneumonia that's very common with the uh, with the newer variants here, uh, getting your arms over your head and getting blood flow through the lungs is so crucial. Your lungs are filters, and so just by getting that blood f- flowing through that filter uh, and to that filter helps drastically with your immune system response. There are many other things like the supplements, vitamin D vitamin E and uh, things like that that help as well with immune system function. But for me, the two basics of sleeping right and moving right actually help m- immune system more than anything. Yeah, for sure.
1: My, my big one that I'm still trying to figure out how to deal with is what do you do with sick kids? Because sick kids lead to sick parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, they, yes. yes, they do. <laughs> and especially when kids are in school around all their friends, that's a tough one. Yeah. Keeping your kids healthy is, is difficult because, you know, it's part of their immune system training to get sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, then it's part of your, um, initiation as a parent to deal with that, I think.
2: <laughs> so, that's a... Yeah. And right now we have more exposures. So we just, uh, we have a lot of, uh, things coming at the, the kids. And I'm just going to say this. There are a lot of what they're doing here in the United States anyway to keep the kids healthy is the opposite of how the body actually works. Like This is my personal opinion, but we shouldn't be masking our kids in school, decreasing their oxygen levels. We should be exercising them. We should be Mm -hmm. moving them. We should be uh, not giving them a bunch of sugar, high inflammatory foods. We should be giving them good uh, whole uh, fruits and vegetables. They should be getting sunlight, fresh air. These are the things that actually charge our immune system. Mm -hmm. Stress has a a completely negative impact on our uh, ability to handle infection. Uh, Stress will cause changes with the stomach acid that we talked about earlier. Stress generally has a dampening effect on how your immune system fights infection. So we need to do as many things as possible to decrease the stress. And when you put them and the kids in a stressful environment and add more stressors to it and they're living in a state of fear, that doesn't do anything to to help them, number one. Um, Number two, it's important for kids to get infections to teach their immune system how to handle them properly. When you do that right and do it well and support the immune system, you are now given the best protection you can have, which is fortified antibodies against infections or infections that look like the previous infection. Mm -hmm. It's natural vaccination, really. (laughs) Exactly. Vaccines are trying to mimic that in a a mostly crude way,
1: typically. Marquis, do you have any favorite immune things that you like to do? (laughs) Marquis's oh, got kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I'm it. always sick. No. <laughs> uh,
2: I say stay hydrated. That's pretty important. Yes. I know a lot of us don't drink enough water, but. I think yeah, you and I both drink water. Yeah. yeah. As yeah. soon
1: as I said that, Troy and uh, <laughs> Dr. Dodd both drink water. <laughs> but uh, I think that's one of the most important. I remember. It's a YouTube video that you had made a long time ago about immune cells swimming around. I don't remember yeah. the details. It's actually re- on our
2: website right now. Yeah. 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 But it's re- on
1: YouTube. I remember that because of hydration, you know, those immune cells are basically little things that swim around in water. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. don't have enough water, uh,
2: that, you know, those immune cells can't go anywhere. They're swimming through sludge. Yeah. it's uh, For those of you that want to see that, it's called Your Immune System Under the Microscope. Uh, it's on YouTube, and uh, I think we put that up in 2014. Yeah, it's under our Synapse um, YouTube page. So yeah, you to right. find it pretty easy. And, and uh, the, the gist of it, uh, when you see the immune system and how intelligent it is and how it looks under a microscope, uh, and then the fact that it has to swim, uh, mm-hmm. if, it, if there's no water, it can't get to the location to defend against the virus. So your lungs need hydration. When I say go exercise, uh, go exercise to sweat it out. When you sweat, you're pulling water through all the different areas of of your in between the cells. Now your immune system has a, the ability to go fight that. So one of the reasons why we see, and this is just another example, one of the re- reasons why we see fungal infections in toes is because there's not good circulation to those toes. Mm-hmm. You've got to improve the circulation. Most of those people have challenges with their lymph system, and when the lymph expands and is enlarged, it literally pushes the blood vessels away from the cells that uh, uh, need to get the nutrients, number one, and then also to help the immune system fight the infection. So reducing the lymphatic load and improving the circulation, getting more oxygen to the area and more immune system response, Is uh, better at fighting off fungal infections in the feet than uh, topical antifungals. Those will work for a little bit, but if you don't fix the environment inside, those it'll just keep coming back. Yeah. So
1: I've had people ask me what I do to avoid getting sick. Yeah. And so I, you know, other than the stuff that you guys mentioned, because I think that's important, I've thankfully always been a a good sleeper. Um, But for instance, you know, when my kids are sick and i'm trying to avoid things i have some specific things that i go to what's their names you avoid your kids right? i avoid my kids yeah exactly yeah send, the, send them to my parents house. Yeah, exactly. it's not quite that easy um, but normal immune boosting things right like vitamin d you mentioned sunlight we don't get much of that right now in minnesota no. nope. so vitamin d um we could have a whole conversation on that so i won't go down that rabbit trail right now um vitamin c zinc Um, I've even been doing vitamin A now more recently. I think that's an underappreciated one. Um, and then I really like herbs, you know, I've, there's some certain herbal things that I've gotten to know a bit better and, and herbs maybe as a loose definition, but my favorite two things right now for viral infections are, I make my own elderberry syrup. Mm-hmm. But you can buy that stuff too, but I think when you make it you can make it a bit more potent and it yes. you know it works well. That's that's a natural antiviral. It does a great job with colds and flus and a whole bunch of things. And um raw ginger tea, which I just got a juicer for Christmas. Yeah. And I juiced some ginger last night and at about Knocked me over. With yes. <laughs> yeah. But that's the stuff where that ginger in, the, in its raw form, you can't get the powdered bag stuff. You have to either grate it or juice it yourself. Man, that's a good antiviral. I've had so many occasions where I've felt something one night, drank that stuff, and the next morning I wake up and there's nothing there anymore.
2: Yeah, and that when you get things that are alive, food that is alive, mm-hmm. um, then you have more enzymes and you have more action that is supportive of the body. So the closer... The time that you pick it from the vine, so to speak, to getting into your body, the better. So, uh, how, when we process and overprocess food, you're missing some of those key nutrients, enzymes to actually fight off infection. So that's why it's really, really, uh, important to, to eat whole live food. Yeah. So with the stuff you just mentioned, yeah. Josh, do you
1: take it proactively or do you just take it when you're feeling sick? It's, it's often about exposure. Okay. Now I do it a lot because I work, work here. Okay. And I guess, we're exposed a lot. We're, yeah. We are exposed a lot. And so I'll, on average, you know, I'll do the ginger tea maybe a couple times a week, just okay. pre- preventatively throughout this time of the year. Same with the elderberry. We, ha- we basically have that stuff made in our fridge from September through May, it seems like. And just you know, every once in a while, you just take a tablespoon of it and... Okay. It's just one of those things that I like to do. I give it to my kids. My kids won't do the ginger tea. It's a bit more, a bit too potent. But we put ginger in the elderberry, actually. Yeah. I have a recipe, so for anybody that knows me, I'll give you the recipe.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's simple things you can do. Like uh, uh, this week, um, my my wife's uh, out of town at her family, so I'm cooking for myself, but I've got a busy schedule. And so I took an organic chicken and put it in the crock pot while I was at work all day, cooked it down so that... Uh, it just kind of falls apart, and you're getting the bones, and you cook the bones down too. That's how they make the bone broth. But the marrow and everything that's a part of that, there's good natural, very mild antibiotic uh, uh, effects from just the chicken broth, and then and the the nutrients from the bones the uh, themselves. And then I and I had that uh, to eat um, one night. Put vegetables in it. The next. Morning, and I turned, I was telling these guys, I turned it into a curry soup this morning. And, That's uh, great. uh, yeah, it tastes great. And it was, it took me five minutes to make two good meals that I'll, I'll be able to eat actually more than two meals, but, uh, two good recipes that are good for me because I added a whole bunch of vegetables, uh, uh, to the broth and, um, it's just full of nutrients. So when I make a meal, I think about the nutrient density of that meal. Mm-hmm. And I want the lowest amount of calories with the highest amount of nutrients possible. And generally speaking, those come from vegetables because they're very low cal. But, um, I want to make sure that I'm consuming as much, uh, nutrient dense foods as possible. Yeah. From
1: a new year's resolution perspective. And that's something that I know I could be better at. It's yeah, absolutely a food can. prep, right? Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah, making the time to prepare good, healthy food. That's easier said than done. I'm going to blame my kids again a little bit. I love my kids, by the way; they're great. <laughs> but it's hard when you have a busy life and a family. You got all these yeah, things absolutely. going on. Uh, we should, yeah, we should have uh, our nutritionist on to talk more about that because
2: I, I know I'm not a good resource. Oh, for, <laughs> for sure. That information. No, we all we all send them to uh, <laughs> to, to Amber, Amber our, our nutritionist for yeah, that uh, yeah. that part of it. But the the meal prepping is very important, and uh, what what I'm going to recommend is just people look for and find the routine that works for them with their busy life, slowly work on reducing some of the stressors that add to the busyness. uh, If possible, Uh, you can't Um, reduce child uh, numbers or anything like that, but it shouldn't. So you have to prioritize things, but, um, but do your best to uh, put some effort into finding that structure, that routine. And you'll be surprised Uh, there's give and take. And I do remember At your stage, for both Marquis and Josh, I remember being pretty sleep-deprived at that time. So there's always sacrificing one thing for another. But uh, do your best to find your routine. And I'm going to just talk about how, in the new year and in in general, how important your mindset is. Your mindset about your daily routine, about your life, is so important when it comes to your immune system response. But also, just your attitude, too. It's one of those things where uh life just knocks you down and i guarantee you that people listening here at some point in the last year or two years you've been knocked down by life by by whatever and it's just so important to teach yourself to learn how to get back up Mm -hmm. and in our mindset class i talk about uh it's like life is like climbing a mountain or the journey of healing is like climbing a mountain And you can, you can climb up that mountain and get to a peak and feel just so proud of yourself. And you feel great because the sun is shining. And then all of a sudden you keep going and an hour later you're in the darkness of a valley going down a little bit and you, it's cold and it's freezing. And it can be really, really a struggle to even take a next step. And most people, um, just have to learn to keep going. Some people will literally stay in the darkness of that valley the rest of their life where they, they now identify themselves by their disease because they're worn out by life. They're just tired. They're tired of feeling tired. And so getting a good uh, routine in place, knowing that there's going to be ups and downs and that uh, you got to keep going is important. And we always tell people just when you get stuck, ask a better question, ask for help. There's There are going to be people that will love to help you. And want to be there. And so I always tell people when you're stuck, ask God, ask yourself, ask a good friend. And uh, when uh, you don't get an answer, ask a better question.
0: Yeah.
1: One final thought for me is we've talked about a lot of things immune-wise today. And I think it's important to remember that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do absolutely everything that's possible, right? There's so many different options for immune health from the foods and the supplements and the sleep and the exercise and all this. And it's okay to not be perfect. Absolutely. And I've got, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's something that I see people stress about, which you don't want the pursuit of, of health to all of a sudden be a
2: stressor that takes away no. from that. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We call it failing forward. Yeah. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. One of the other things I want uh, people to, to just uh, look at when you're looking at, um, some of the intracellular infections that we're seeing, the complications of COVID, long haulers, or the vaccine is shortness of breath. That's one of the things that I've seen pop up quite a bit more. So if you're increasing your exercise, you should see a relative change in shortness of breath. It should be a little harder in the beginning, that's normal, and get easier as you get two to three weeks into it. If that's not happening, then there may be a problem there. Yeah, that's
1: a good one. All right. Well I think uh we need to wrap it up for today. I, I just as a reminder too, you know, it's New Year. If you have questions about this, that's why we're here. You know, come in and see us. We've got a lot of tools, whether it's with us as the um, you know, the doctors specifically, but that's why we have a big team. We've got a health coach, nurses, nurse practitioners, nutritionists. The reason why we've built this team is to be able to facilitate a lot of these different issues that people have.
2: Yep, and if you have uh Topics you want us to discuss, go ahead and send those in. We've got uh, a bunch that have been brought up already. Yeah. And so we want to uh, do two things. We want to continue to, to uh, teach on the foundations because those don't ever really change. Uh, we're also going to talk about current topics uh, right now. But, again, one of the reasons why this is so important is because if you were really good with the foundations that we are teaching on, the complications from COVID or the vaccines would have and could have been lessened. I'm just going to say it that way. The more foundational, foundationally solid you are, the less likely uh, uh, you're going to have any challenges. And so we're seeing that pretty pretty distinctly here with the COVID and even regular flu seasons. Uh, the people that had comorbidities and challenges coming into these seasons are the ones that struggle the most. And uh, people are finding out a lot of things about what they didn't know was going on with their health, underlying things. And a lot of those have to do with the intracellular infections. And and we know coming out of this, we're going to see in the in the future here a lot more challenges. There's going to be more autoimmune that arise from this, both the, the COVID virus and the, the vaccines. And uh, we'll do a, a talk on... Um, autoimmune and how to prevent autoimmune as best you can uh, in the future. And then uh, just uh, in general, uh, more um, intracellular infections like chronic viral issues, like Lyme uh, disease and uh, or mold illness or chronic illnesses. So we're starting to see that creep in there already a little bit more. So we expect that and we want to get ahead of it here. By helping people uh, really focus on getting their baseline uh, foundational health principles in order, and then when something's not quite right, then you go in and start uh, addressing it now before it becomes something chronic and more more serious. So, thank everyone uh, again for listening. We appreciate uh, all of uh, all of you that are sending this on to other friends and family Uh, we've gotten a lot of good feedback from you so uh, we are uh, very excited to continue to do this so send us uh, your uh, questions and just keep sending those comments our way happy new year happy new year
0: (laughs) thank you for listening to the synapse nips podcast If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast and share the podcast. To learn more, check out our website at www.officialSynapse.com. Until next time, this has been Synapse Nips Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only and should under no circumstances be considered medical advice or substitute for medical care. Any information given in this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease and is at the user's own risk. Please first consult a licensed healthcare professional